Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast may contain mature subject matter and extreme awesomeness. Listen at your own risk. Attention, jungle junkies and new listeners worldwide. It's time for the world famous Urban Jungles Radio. The Urban Jungles Radio Show. With your host, Danny Mendez, the Beastmaster, and Andy Lee. Prepare to enter a new stream of consciousness, higher level of awareness, and an overabundance of awesomeness. Streaming live at the speed of light from the worldwide interweb, straight to your brain's core. It's the world famous Urban Jungles Radio. That's right. Believe what, my friend? Just when you thought, Where? just when you thought you were out and away, it's back. Thought it was safe to go back outside. It's that damn amazing Urban Jungles Radio back to you, purely on podcast storyle form, um, bringing it back a little bit to the old school for a while. And welcome for those of you out there. Listening. Yes, welcome everyone. Thank you guys. Welcome. Um, I'm sorry, I screwed up the chat room already because it's Blog Talk. If it wasn't Blog Talk, it would not be. As it wouldn't be open jungle. No, I wouldn't. So uh, <laughs> we don't have a chat room yet, but I'm working on it. But anyway, yeah, welcome. Welcome back to the show. It's been a long, long time. Um, well over a year, Andy. Well over a year, my friend. Back, We were uh, kind of on unsteady ground, but that has changed. And we are back dedicated to bringing you that oral pleasure that you so desire, Andy. I love oral pleasure. Who does not love oral pleasure? Yeah, if, you're, if you don't like oral pleasure, you're probably listening <laughs> to the wrong show. <laughs> we have so much to catch up on, Andy. So much has happened in the world. Douchebaggery of all sorts, but good things of all sorts. Some positives and negatives. Let's positives and negatives. But one thing's for certain. Without Urban Jungles Radio, it just doesn't seem right. And and we can see the imbalance in the world, Andy. We have We have thugs getting away with with dragging sharks for miles in the ocean and and we have tropical storms and ocean levels rising and and we have Donald Trump as president and just so much is going on and a lot is happening man a lot of is, a lot of negatives but also some positives but the, I'm saying this stuff is all directly correlated to urban jungles radio not being around if we are there you we, know what that is a strong coincidence my friend we're like the like wonder woman of of Animal and zoological podcasting. Oh, okay, with the whole I, yeah, I, I like we're we, trying to go for like the lasso of truth. No, thing. we deflect. We deflect like the bad stuff in the world. We try to ah, keep a balance, and we okay. try to make it okay. make it a good place for animals and be a good place for for yeah. everyone in the world, yeah. really. And that is what Urban Jungles Radio is about, and that's why we felt the need to be back on the air mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. you, our jungle junkies. Um, because we missed you guys, and we have a lot. We do have a lot of ground to cover. Of course, oh, just so are we gonna that. have enough time to cover as much ground as we? I'm need? hoping so. Um, in a little while, in a little while, I want to invite our jungle junkies, long gone, to uh, come back and maybe give us a call later on tonight. Mm, yeah. I want to talk about a lot of stuff that we've we've not caught up on in a while, and then um, also we are going to have a very special guest tonight, Andy. 
but I'm already here. I know. Besides you, and oh, okay. a different All kind, right. of, different kind of special. It's not so much Chihuahua special as as little Golden Retriever special. <laughs> you're, you're you're on par tonight, my friend. You are smoking. Oh my God. No, we have uh, Ryan McVeigh. Oh. Um, Ryan McVeigh, man, he is like the freaking man in the reptile world on so many levels. He's an mm. old school friend of Urban Jungles Radio. Yes, yes, he is. And um, he has made moves to the ranks of the world, Andy. He has gone from like a key component to one of the masterminds of the reptile world. <laughs> so we are... Yeah, he has definitely grown. <laughs> he's, grown, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan is... is, uh, is is a really amazing guy, and I wanted to get back to the good things for sure. We we've talked about the bad things, and we do we'll mm-hmm. talk about the bad things, but I do want to get back to the good things as well. And I think Ryan is always and has always been one of those good things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan has always been one of those guys that is forward reaching and likes to move forward in life and uh, for all things reptilian. So. We are always happy to talk to him. And he's always got a positive outlook on, yeah, on anything you really talk to him about. He's always a positive influence, and he's always trying to bring out the uh, the best the best side of everything. So it's always it's always good to have a, a nice chat with Ryan. Here, here's what I like about Ryan. Besides the whole like positive Susie Sunshine bullshit, <laughs> he cuddles <laughs> nicely in bed. Like, he do, does cuddle do nicely. That. He is yeah. he is quite cuddly. I'm a slight uh, man myself, so it's nice to have something, <laughs> some someone bigger than me to cuddle on and snuggle on. Uh, he he's quite the cuddler for sure. But um, <laughs> no, it's more about um, him making moves. Like he makes shit happen. Yes, he does. He's, he's, he's a talker, but he's a doer. And I yep. like people like that. And that's really what I want to catch up with him about, too, as well. Um, kind of really, really making a, an impact and, and a positive, you know, raising standards mm-hmm. in, in the way he does. And, like, I just like that he's consistent with that shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's not somebody that sits there and talks a good deal and preaches on the corner and then re- not really does anything. Like, he's really doing some good things. And even stuff that I have, like, to sit back and say, shit, yeah, that's great. This is a major step. I wish... I had this provided for me that he has provided, whether it's from his work with the Madison Area Herb Society or mm-hmm. um, it's with Zilla Products or even just general outreach in the community. He does, obviously, a lot um, for the community. So we will catch up with him and chat about life in general. Yes. And um, I do want to cover some other stuff that's gone on this week, especially. This has been a really crazy week. Um, we've covered various topics on Urban Jungles Radio on, on the Facebook page and on our um, Instagram and Twitter. And this stuff, there's, there's always a lot of feedback on the things that we post up that people will deem controversial. Um, and, and that's fine. There yeah, is, we, could, we could put up a picture of a, of a puppy eating the proper food and a proper filled water bowl and someone's going to deem it controversial or a problem. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Someone's always going to have an issue with something. Um, But we do put up stuff that I think should be more open to discussion, but rarely has the ability to do so on the internet because everybody's kind of getting off their quips and dealing with, you know, posts or insults and this and that, and people get sidetracked really easy. So I want to try to do like a a little kind of a, a verbal discourse of some of these things that we covered during the week on the Facebook page, especially that get a lot of attention. So for instance, um, two big things that jumped out this week were 
um, the shark incident, which by now is infamous, which I think everybody knows, um, mm-hmm. when last week we had some uh, really horrible video surface of uh, some guys dragging a shark behind a boat at full speed. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously there's a lot of backlash to that. And the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper as we discover that the parents of one of the individuals in particular, the guy who I think was the captain of the boat, um, apparently have high political holding. And so it's quite possible that this whole thing um, is being swept under the rug because of their social standing. And one of the other guys is also apparently airing a TV show on MTV part of a reality show that's going to be airing on MTV. So um, there's a lot of backlash and a lot of nuances to this. As the week has progressed, we've seen more and more evidence of these guys doing some really horrific shit to mm-hmm. wildlife. Everything from shooting animals to you know, giving them alcohol and um, just really, really foul, foul stuff. So I want to get into that a little bit. And then also, lastly, I want to talk about this, um, this wildlife education thing. Um, it's so important. It is important. Last week, I want to say, um, we received a video from someone that was posted by a church of an individual who was doing a wildlife education program for them. And it was just appalling. It was probably not more than a minute worth of film, but what, what we saw was really appalling mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think the overall reaction by the general public and by wildlife educators was that you should be appalled and was anger and, um, you know, wanting something to be resolved or done about this video. But there is a significant amount of people defending this to an extent or Mm -hmm. saying it wasn't as bad. And that to me is just fucking mind blowing. So these are one of the things that I want to catch up on and, and talk about. Um, as well as um, whatever it is you guys can come up with. I know that there's a lot of you out there listening on Facebook land and stuff right now. Um, And at a certain time, we'll open up the phone lines. As you can see, if you're listening on blog talk, you can see the phone numbers listed. It's three, four, seven. Yeah. Three, four, seven, two, zero, five, nine, four, zero, seven. That's the call in number. And we'll welcome you guys to call in. And, um, you know, see what you can, um, or what you want to talk about, because I'm sure there's a significant amount of stuff that we don't get to cover that you want to hear about. And this is your forum. This is, this is your chance to talk to people all over the world. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. <laughs> they, don't call it, they don't call me the color commentator of the year for nothing. Yes. Oh, I didn't even realize you had that camera. Yeah, man. Uh, Got some uh, Instagram Live going on. That's why I'm wearing a hat. (laughs) It was a windy day. It was a windy day, considering. (laughs) Is that Instagram? It is Instagram. Hi, Instagram. I don't really um, often catch up on Instagram as much as I should, but nice to see you. Yep. There's a few people there. Cool. I see see people writing. Hi. So, yeah. Um, All right. We uh, should... Probably move on, Andy. You want to move on? Let's move on. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is Anna Locke from the Human Centipede 2, and you're listening to Urban Jungle Radio. Join Danny Benders live every Friday night at 10 p.m. in his quest to bring you the very best in cold-blooded entertainment. Urban Jungle Radio. 
happening and then you know you see the influence that you can have on people just from a from a silly not that her videos are silly but from a silly essentially you know 10-15 minute video and then you watch the impact that it has on people in both a positive way and a negative way even though there's been nothing negative about the video whatsoever (laughs) people feel the need to give their personal opinion and their two cents on how you should look how you should act how you should talk um, how you should present your animals, how you should change the music in the background, how you should change your um, video editing. And, like, people are horrid to each other, man, for no reason. For no reason. And we know how bad, at least, I, I, you know, I've kind of just gotten accustomed to hanging out on Facebook. And you know you expect a certain level, and it's like, whatever, you laugh it off. But the Facebook crowd, man. Facebook is horrible. Twitter is atrocious. YouTube. They, they yeah. pale. Yes. Pale. Yeah. All of those oh, social yeah, media pale. YouTube motherfuckers are scary, man. Yeah, they are scary the ultimate people. trolls, man, next to like 4chan and Reddit. Like they are horrible for no reason. No. For no reason. Just just because they can. Yes, that's the problem. And it's, it's oof. It's crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. So eye-openers for sure, but, you know, hey, more power. If you can do it, man, you, you, you reach for the stars. You just you keep pushing forward. And, and I have to give kudos. I know I'm biased to, to Emma, but, like, she's, she deserves it. She's worked really hard. And oh, yeah. Well, you've, her you've, you've seen her grow. It's that thing, you know, it's, it's, and you hear about it often where people will be like, you know, success. People think that success is, like, overnight. And it's never really no. is. And you follow these people. Like, you've seen it with artists a million times because mm-hmm. you follow so many people in the music scene. Yeah. You know, we've seen it with Puddles. Yep. <laughs> now he's on America's Got Talent. Right? Like, seriously, like, you see these people struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. And because they keep through with something and they persevere and they put everything they've got into it for so long, eventually something breaks for them mm-hmm. and they get that chance. But people only see that moment of something breaking. Yes. And it's like, oh, instant. But no, it's never like that. No. So. Um, you know, definitely appreciate all the hard work everybody in the YouTube world puts out there. But while we're talking about appreciation for hard work, let's move on to our guest who I believe is here. Um, the man, Ryan McVeigh, he, uh, he's a prior guest here on UJR and uh, long a time longtime friend. friend and supporter of the show. Yes. And uh, all from his days back up in uh, Madison area, Herb Society, all the way through changing the face of reptile keeping as we know yes. it right? and and herp societies as a whole and still with that fight yes. we'll get into that anyway but without further ado ryan how you doing brother hey man i'm doing good how are you doing you guys can hear me good 
Yeah, good. Good to hear you, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, driving, so if I lose you, I'll have to catch you back. But uh, everything's good. Long day. I was down at Stewart Fest today, hanging out and uh, hanging out with the Herb Society and at a U.S. Art booth and um, hanging out with friends of scales and adopting out a bunch of animals. And it's an awesome day. Awesome. Look at you, you, you social herb butterfly, you. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I do what I can. I do what I can. Well, but, uh, yeah. I, I tell you, man, I'm, I'm really proud of you, man. We were just discussing earlier that uh, you, you've been at this for a long time as well, and uh, you've been really passionate about it. I hate to shoot that word at this point, but you've been really passionate about keeping up with the whole, you know, making everything better for reptiles um, and moving forward not only with ideas but tangible stuff like you've made stuff happen you know, you know, you know, and I just I want to tell you man I really appreciate that that you always put into it you always keep that positive vibe and yeah, I appreciate that man yeah I, uh, I heard you guys talking I got to hear a little bit of the beginning of the show maybe a little blush a little, little bit but I appreciate it um no, I uh, I just you know I love I love reptiles, man. I always have. I still I still get excited when I find American toads. I mean, find more of those than I find rocks. But I still get excited when I find them. It's just something that you know I always I don't know I can't I can't imagine not being excited about it. So anything I can do to make the the herbic cultural world and, and, and the world around us you know, better be excited. Do you think you're gonna continue to do stuff for the? Uh the animal world for life. Oh, I I think so. I don't. I can't. I can't see myself ever not doing something. I mean, I might not always be in the job position I'm in. I, I right. mean, I hope I am, but you never know where life takes you. But at the same time, I mean, most of the stuff I did with the Herb Society and US Arc and all that stuff. I, I mean, I was an engineer at a desk job. I didn't have anything to do with the reptile world or uh, in a career position at that point. Um, it's just, it's just I, I can't I can't imagine not doing it. Just Of the world out there, is this kind of like a, 
a new venture for you guys as far as like, you know, all all these organizations that you're working with together. I mean, both of you guys have been in this for a while, right? I know Friends of Scales and everybody, you guys have been in this. Friends forever. of Scales? You mean the shirt I'm wearing tonight? <gasps> Andy's wearing a Friends <laughs> of Scales today, repping hard for them. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've kind of always focused towards try education and stuff. I mean, even with the Herb Society, with anything we've ever done, um, I mean, we have our monthly meetings, we, we do our field herping outings, but it's all really directed at what can we do to influence and educate the community. I mean, we're one of the most active groups in the country by a long shot, um, and getting people involved and just getting out there to get in front of people, it's just, it, it does something for you. I've had, I've had some of the coolest moments of my life in keeping reptiles in doing educational outreach. Um, I had an opportunity to, to help uh, an elderly gentleman. The guy must have been 95 or older, um, and he was in a wheelchair. He was very close, near to the end of his, of his life, and um, had a bucket list kind of item of being able to touch a snake and learn about him. There's a huge fear he had his whole life, and I got to actually sit and do that with him and kind of talk to him about him and educate him about him and get him over his fear a little bit, let him hold it, take pictures. His whole family was crying. I mean, it was the coolest thing to be a part of. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do that stuff if we weren't out educating and, and getting people to change their minds. And, you know, I, you know, he was an older guy, but I'll take I'll take you changing your mind at three years old or ninety five. You know, whatever it takes to get you excited about an animal that. You know, yeah, well, isn't that a testament to the power of it? And if you can change the mind of a ninety year old, Jesus. Yeah, definitely. Because so we have grandparents, you know, possibly second <laughs> Good, man. So what's on the horizon for you? I mean, I know Zilla is doing a million things, and you're going to keep on moving on with the production on there. Is, is that what you're basically doing? Are you involved with any other programs with communities or with shows or anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, no, I mean, so through, like, through Zilla, so Zilla was a really cool opportunity for me. Um, I, <laughs> so I'm, for anybody that's not, I'm the brand manager for Zilla, so I get to do all the philanthropy, I control the budgets for Zilla, I do all the R&D, um, all the product development, um, you know, getting out to shows, what shows we want to be involved with, what organizations we want to be involved with, um, getting, basically taking everything from an idea and concept into building it into some tangible object that you'll see at stores and market, um, how we deal with these stores, sales, all that stuff. Basically, anything that has to do with that brand, I deal with. Um, and one of the cool things about it is that, that was really fun to take this on is I have a lot of knowledge of the people that are out there and where there are people who maybe don't have as big of a voice, but are doing some really amazing things for the reptile community. Um, and, and be able to find ways to financially support those aspects, things like, um, um, down in Georgia, the amphibian project, um, which is, uh, uh, Mark Mandika, who's, who's working to save, uh, flat wood salamanders, um, and some endangered frogs down in that area, um, and doing some amazing work. He used to be part of the Atlanta Botanical Gardens. Um, and and then there's, you know, there's uh, Brandon Fowler out in California doing all of his stuff in education. I mean, he, he talks to more kids in a, in a, in a month than I, we, I, I probably see in a year, you know. So he's having, a, you know, big, a big impact on, on the community around him and, um, and then just, you know, being able to support U.S. Arc and um, other other conservation efforts and, you know, IHS and just all the different things going on out there. It's, it's, it's been really 
cool to be able to be a driving factor in, in, in promoting these people that are doing positive things for the community and give them a little bit more weight behind what they're doing. Sure, no, and, and it's nice to have, you know, a community leader step into that because um, not many people kind of have an appreciation for the scope of the things that you guys need to accomplish from conservation to you know, education and local legislation through the NUSR. I mean, literally everything from the things that you're saying that you're involved in, you know, from the Flatwood Salamander Conservation Program, that's one of the most important conservation programs in the southeast and the west. Um, then we move on to, like, that was Randy Fowler, one of the biggest in the world for sure, and then of course we got forward to talking about outreach programs. Like you're hitting this on different fronts, and we need this. We need this at this point because you obviously know we're getting attacked from every angle, especially where it comes from our ability to have animals anymore. And I'm not even talking about, in a sense, from like being a hobbyist, but even just being a taking a free thing. We can hold an animal because it's not there anymore, or because we can do this. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, and that's the thing that I think we we lose a lot when we start talking about the hobby and its keepers. Is that you know, is conservation gets kind of put to the side, unfortunately, and um, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, like, I I don't know how. There's nobody I know that's been in reptiles for you know 10, 20, 30 years that doesn't have the same story. You know, we all grew up liking dinosaurs. Then we found mm-hmm. our first thing, and it was usually a toad or a garter snake. Almost always was a garter snake, you know. And and then we got excited from there. And the reality is, though, is that for us it was garter snakes in the U.S., but all over the world, man, there's different stuff that got people going, got them excited, got them to care. And if we don't spend time and effort to actually take care of those things, then they're not going to be there. And I mean, it's. It, it, to me, I, I, I like the idea of like the invisible arc and Dave Barker and what we're doing with animals in captivity, but if we're still not even trying to keep them alive in, in the wild, then what's, what's the point? Right. And I mean, along those lines, kudos to you for a lot of the new... I have to say I'm really, really impressed by some of the product line that rolled out recently for keeping animals. Like, I'm jealous because having kept animals, you know, when I had limited access to them, I didn't have access to the amazing, you know, a play in the frame that we had developed. It would have allowed me to keep things like, you know, sympathies or like or whatever. Like, the work that you guys are doing, I mean, it's inspiring just to see a really nice enclosure of the enclosure and make me want to keep things and develop an interest in that as well, you know. So, like, I, I have to say, I'm really impressed with you guys, man. It's a great work. That's really important because a lot of stuff is just garbage out there. I, I feel that a lot of stuff is just kind of manufactured with little thoughts into the way that, or, or the needs of the animal. Well, so a lot of it is also cookie cutter, too. Like, it it's is. all kind of the basic, the same kind of square box with the sliding door or a hinge door and stuff like that. And we had tanks. And that was all we yeah, had. Right. And in all honesty, like a couple of years ago, um, I was able to get a nice behind the scenes floor uh, of Zilla when I went out to, uh, to visit Ryan. And um, wow, dude. It's, it's impressive, dude. It's impressive. And, and to have someone like Ryan working for them for the passion that he has, it, 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 it's incredible to see um, everything that's going to be coming forward from the great. So, well, yeah, Thanks, of course. Guys. You- I mean, the, the, the way I look at it, look, like I'm a keeper like everybody else. You know, I've kept all this different stuff. I've kept the different types of animals, you know, you name it, I've kept it. 
or something close to it. Um, and I know the struggles we go through, and I, I'm able to take a look at, I think that kind of gives me a good leg up being the person who's kind of in charge of developing this stuff and being able mm-hmm. to take a look at what, what is out there and how we can improve it. Something as simple, like a good example of something that came out recently that I'm, I'm really happy with is, um, and a great example is human height. So human heights that are out there, it's, it's some kind of either Tupperware box we make and cut a hole in the top or it's some kind of manufactured thing. And it's always got a hole in the top. And it kind of drove me nuts because, like, if you think about it, you're trying to hold in humidity. Why, why are you putting a hole in the top for to evaporate and go off the top? Um, another thing, too, is you're trying to create a, a cave where an animal can kind of feel secure and get away from the light and have its den, yet you just gave it a skylight. So mm. it, it doesn't really make sense to me. So I was able to take that, and I came up with that rock den, or the rock, still the rock layer. Um, and it, it, the hole's in the side. It goes, ramps up inside of it. The whole top of it's solid so that the humidity stays in. Um, the, there's a wall in the inside that blocks the light so the animal can actually have an area where they can get away from the light and have a little den. Um, it's a heavier resin so they won't knock the top off and things like that. Um, and it's just little things like that. I, I've, I've used all this stuff. And the other thing for me is I, like, like with the Herb Society, it, it's, a, it's an organization that's a bunch of people that make it. Um, and I've had the opportunity and, and, and been lucky enough to help be kind of the face of that as I've grown with reptiles and stuff and and everything I do with it I, I put my name behind it and my reputation behind everything we do and when it came to Zilla I don't own Zilla I just I work for the company that owns Zilla I manage that brand um, you know but I still put my face and my name behind it I won't put out anything that I haven't personally used and 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 want to get out there all the products that you get that start coming out, I've been using for six months or a year before you guys ever see it um, and found every little thing that could be wrong with it, could go wrong with it, fixed it. Um, and I don't put out anything that I don't believe in so and that I don't use myself. Um, so I, I, I don't, I try, stay, try and stay away from the cookie cutter me too kind of stuff that everybody has. Now, some of it I have to do, you know, it's still out with the line of products we have, but um I'm trying to, if I'm going to come out with something that's something that's already out there, I want to make it better. I want to find a way to make it better, make it more useful. Things like, um, you know, waterfalls are, are cool, but they all have holes in them for animals to get into. Um, trying to create, look at it, maybe creating something that is similar. You know, how can we create something that creates that humidity, that running water, but doesn't have a hole that it can get into a tree frog. Can you ever try to get a tree frog out of an inside of a waterfall? It's a freaking nightmare, man. So without <laughs> trying to, like, smash it open, so that kind of stuff is the stuff that I've had happen where I'm like, I just, I can't, I don't want to do that. You know, so yeah. being able to look at that kind of stuff and, and fix it and tweak it and make it more interactive or, or make it better for the animal or, um, it, I have this opportunity to do that. And, and, that, and that's what I do. And like I said, I put my, I, I, I use everything. If I don't, if I don't trust that it's a good product, I'll, I'll pull it. You know, I've had projects when I started there that were almost done and ready to go to market that I pulled because, Something wasn't perfect because it, there something wasn't right, and I didn't, I wasn't okay with it going out. So we we pulled the project, and even though the company had a lot of money into it, and we started, we, we fixed what I said we needed to fix, and then we launched it. You know, so it, we're not we're just throwing stuff out there to, to, to fill the market, fill that sort of product. We're we're really really making sure that we're coming out with stuff that's innovative and unique, and and, and helps drive the the hobby forward and keeping forward. I mean. There's just too much stuff that everybody's been doing for so long that there's just better options out there. That, I mean, look at look at I mean, yeah, look at chameleons, man. Chameleons used to be a pipe dream. 
Like that yeah. used to be the thing you just can't have in captivity. Right. And now people are breeding them and everybody's keeping them. And it's like, there's advances in the technology. Like we're using the same like bulbs that Edison turned on, but your cell phone has upgraded 17 times last week. Right. You know, so it, it, we got to keep up with that kind of technology, do something unique, do something different and continue to try and make things better. You know, looking at the scientific studies that are done on animals in captivity, what does UVA and UVB mean for all animals? You know, not just bearded dragons, but do snakes mean UVA and UVB? What does it do for them? And it's, you know, more than just, well, you get the snake and you put it in the shoebox and you put it in the shelf and then you walk away. There's, there's too much more to it than that. That doesn't work that way? Listen, yeah, man, right? Yeah. All right. I have this idea for a kidney shaped turtle enclosure, but with Two, two palm trees. Two? Two palm trees. You're thinking way outside the box. We'll call it the, the twin oasis. Copyright. What do you think, oh, Ryan? Copyright that. Copyright that. I, think I, I want to make sure that it's plastic. I mean, I'm thinking that's where you're going with this. And no UVB or heat. Because, and the, we want to make sure that it's natural. It doesn't have clunky lights all over, right? Right. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. UV lights. Under the palm tree fronds, right? Ah, and, yeah, right. <laughs> right? Under the palm <laughs> tree fronds. And, and it, it plays music. It's Bluetooth compatible. Ryan, I'm a freaking well of information. I, just, I shouldn't be giving these away to you, but I like you. I like you. And I want you to do well in your company. You know? I, I like the Bluetooth idea, though. I do like that Bluetooth idea. Yeah. Bluetooth and I mean, LED. You can pull it in Oasis. You need to have some type of music. Bluetooth and LEDs, come on, and then That's like the future, yeah, and you can have like little margarita machine attachments to approve. I got lines, like I got stuff. For you, we could talk for hours, and we'll catch up. I, I got crazy ideas. <laughs> I'm, I'm down, man. You let me know what you think. We'll 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got them all, baby. I, I, you understand? If you um, got to slow down. You're gonna, you're letting my competitors know the next billion dollar idea. You're, you're taking you know, food out of my mouth, man. <laughs> You know, my man, Zilla Dollar Talk, son. <laughs> Zilla Zilla all day long. <laughs> Come on, man. You let me know. No, obviously, you guys are great. And, and I love, and that's something I want to talk to you later on at a later date about, um, like, all of your R&D and stuff that goes into the product is you guys really do it well. And I, I just, I really appreciate that because pet products, man, like I said, I, I feel like such an old man saying this, but it's like almost like with cell phones and shit like that. Like kids don't know how lucky you are to have UVB <laughs> in a goddamn little, you know how many houses I burned down trying to eat up my tortoises? <laughs> you know how many times I was electrocuted as a kid growing up in the hood? <laughs> that right. Animals. That was it, but that was still, <laughs> I still think that I was a pioneer in those lives. But anyway, um, no, but like, like, seriously, it's great to have that product. It, it, I mean, it really allows you to focus on keeping the animals themselves, which the people take for granted. Um, not us, like, not us that have seen stuff go, you know, and disappear over the last decade that was commonly available. So, glad you guys do, you guys do like in house breeding, right, at Jola? Like, for some things, it just like research purposes. Yeah. So what? What? Yeah. So we have what we call our Zilla Lab. Um, it's it's a couple rooms in a, on the back end of our R and D department um, where basically we had a couple animals that were used for like photo shoots in the past when I started, and that they just kind of had there. Uh, and I rehomed all of them, tore apart the room, 
rebuilt in racking systems and that like shelving systems like baker's racks and stuff um and brought in a just wide variety of animals from common stuff like corn snakes to you know stuff like the borneo earless monitors and um career tree frogs and and just unique stuff red eye croc snakes so the, the whole goal of it was to create we don't do any like testing on animals really um as much as we're we're trying to show what this lab does is it, it allows us to kind of see how animals react to different things. So um, if I want to try a new diet, like a new omnivore diet, I have desert omnivores. I've got tropical omnivores. I've got, you know, different animals that will all fit trying that diet. And I can see kind of how I can test their blood and see how is their calcium phosphorus ratio? How is their, you know, vitamin D? I mean, are they getting the nutrients that they need in order to be healthy? Are they, are they breeding? Are the babies viable? I mean, are these, these are all things that I want to know as, as I'm putting this stuff out there as this good product. I want to know the animals are going to thrive on it and do well and that it's not just the minimum that they need to stay alive. Of course. No, definitely. Know, so, yeah. So this lab became, okay, we're going to get a little bit of everything. So I've got desert, I've got tropical, I've got arid, I've got aquatic species, and I've got, you know, lizards, snakes, frogs. You know, you name it, we've got a little bit of everything. I've got arboreals, you know, um, terrestrial, subterranean animals. I've got aquatic species. It's a little bit of everything. Um, and what it, it's really just, if the animals breed, that's fantastic. Um, and and what we, it, it's neat to be able to hatch a lot of these cool little species. Um, but a bigger part of it is just the same light fixture that I have on a 10-gallon tank on a leopard gecko, just a normal leopard gecko in there is the same fixture I have on the Lanthanotis, which is one of the rarest lizards in the world. So it shows the diversity of these products, that they're not all just, you know, your Petco, PetSmart, beginner kit type products, that they can be used in all aspects. And um, one thing, we've been working with a lot of zoos um, that are actually using a lot of our products now. So um, there's uh, veterinarians are supporting a lot of our products. We do a lot of the, like the R and D we're talking about. We do a lot of research behind what, what our products do and get them tested. Um, we've independently tested a lot of our products to put more validity behind what we're saying. So we're not just saying, Hey, we say this light does this trust us. We actually sent it to a, a third independent tester and got the, uh, you know, that got, got the results back with our fingers crossed. I mean, knowing we, we where we were at, but, um, got that report to be able to show that, look, we, we, we actually are better. We actually can produce this or, you know, the, the, these lights do what we say or this food does what it says um, or better. And that kind of, that lab is there to just kind of be an aspect for us to kind of test things out and see if we like it or, you know, with the new front opening cages that came out, we do have the opportunity. We just, so Bill Stewart, you guys know Bill is uh, my lab guy and he, he gets to play with all those animals all day. I get to spend 10 minutes in there a week, maybe. And, but uh, he's been tearing out all the old tanks and replacing them with the front opening ones. And, and you know, I want, him, I want him to mess with them. I want to see, hey, I want, you know, like, he's going to bump the light and he's going to melt one. I want to see how it, how it reacts to it. How does it deal with having a heat lamp on it? How does, you know, if we break a door or there's something that over a year now this piece doesn't work real well, I want to know so that when we develop the next generation of them, I can fix it make sure that it's even better than it was before. So, and that's kind of what that lab is really for. It's just kind of putting our products through phases um, and, and giving us opportunities to, to see how 
the animals react to the different things. I, was, I just got a piece of decor, some pieces of decor I'm working on, and I wanted to see how how well they stand up to getting the crap beat out of them. So I put them in with like a monkey tail skink who has razor blade. It makes Freddy Krueger look like he's using little kid scissors. Um, <laughs> but like, so I mean, they're like you know it's, it's ridiculous claws. Um, and a bunch of other animals like that monitors, small monitors, will rip them up and shred them. And, and I get that, I'm just like, hey, just stick this in there. I want to see how bad he wrecks it. And so it's opportunity for us to kind of do that. And, you know, if it stands up, great. If it doesn't, well, you know, let's go back and see what we can do to tweak this and make it better. So somebody's going to put it in with something that's just going to try and eat it and shred it and rip it up or break it or poop on it. or you know, That's what the animals do. So I want to make sure that, that when I put it out there, I know it's going to last. That's that's what I do on a on a daily basis. I just try everything. I mean, if I poop on it, cool. If I, you know, scratch at exactly. it, yeah. You know what I mean, I mean that's how you that's how you test your surroundings. Every day I go out to my car, I scratch it, I sniff it, I poop on it, and then I get in. Absolutely. I mean, how else are you gonna know it's a quality product? It's clear exactly. that it makes it happening at the lab at all. <laughs> Take it all. Well, you know what, dude? When I went to the lab, that's what I learned. So I, I've incorporated that in my daily routine. You have like lab codes with the little poop patches. Like the oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, all their lab coats. You guys wear lab coats. Do you wear lab coats? Yeah, we, I don't. We don't wear lab coats. We're pretty laid back. You have lab coats. I, I don't have a lab coat, man. Well, I know. I, I, it's a huge letdown. I'm sorry, but it, I, I don't. I really wanted this little lab coat. I'm really upset. <laughs> I'm sure we can make that happen. <laughs> I'll see what I can. I'll see what I. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Hey, this is like you guys are like all on top of your game. Would you be like down for a like paintball death match with other companies like uh, Ooh, <laughs> almost like a team building like, like against, against Zoomed and Terra? <laughs> <laughs> like would you be down for like a paintball death match and like the best winner out of the tournament gets to unveil their product I'm on, first. I'm at... on Team Zilla. I'm on Team Zilla. That's all I want to say. I'm on Team, I'm on team I, Winner. I, I am down. I'd be down. I'm always up for some friendly competition. It's actually kind of funny. Like, as I'm doing all these shows around the country and stuff, like, oh, I know all the Zilla Nexatar guys, and we all just, you know, hang out and talk. And it's, it's funny that, like, we're all competitors, but we all know the shows, and we all just kind of, shoot, you know, shoot the shit and hang out. Um, there are a bunch of good guys. guys. Do, you, huh? do, you talk, do you talk to the Zoomed guys? Yeah. Yeah, I talk to the Zoomed. Yeah, because they're kind of like jerks. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just wanted to like make fun of Eric from Zoom oh, this summer. Because <laughs> I like Eric and um, yeah, they're good people. No, they, yeah, they, yeah. they are. There's all the industry people are really great people. But I want to, I want to like pit you guys against each other. <laughs> paintball, paintball, paintball for conservation benefits go to Flatwood Salamander Research, and we give Brandon Fowler a. New set of T-shirts. Why bring the He's like, it's like support. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Well, when can we make this happen, Ryan? Let's make this happen. Ryan, we'll hold you. You, you shoot me some dates, man. We'll we'll see what we can do. No, but that's like 
any anything that brings the community together, I'm down for. You know that. Ryan, you just Ryan, you he got Danny so excited. Zoom. You got you got Danny so excited. He knocked off his aviator glasses. Do you understand uh, how big of a moment that is right now? Oh my God, man! All the like the like camouflage in the world. I want to see some chameleon technology. I want to see like Ryan hiding behind like the new collapsible chameleon cages. Like, yes. they, they come after him to defend yes. the flag. It's gonna be crazy. Like you have to cross. Oh, I'm still team. I, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you know where my where my paintball game's at, brother. Listen, I mean, like you bring oh, I've your got some camo. I've got. I've got my my Chipman A5. You know, full electronic you, trigger, flatline barrel. You we'll bring, bring your A game, your A paintball game for the world's largest polydarium <laughs> battleground. <laughs> Created by Zilla. Oh my God! <laughs> and paid for completely by Brian Potter. There you go. He got he got that money. <laughs> got that reptile money, right? Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'm Ryan's down. so regretting this call. <laughs> Ryan, man, I, I, thank you, brother. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about it. We I, like I love you, man. I wanted to to make a first show back, um, one with somebody who who I knew would would make it a good experience and you always do you, you you are always our, our little rainbow of sunshine in the corner and we love it we've watched we love the fact that me and There's andy have, have watched you but we've watched him grow up remember like yeah. just he was a little baby i think we've all kind of kind of grown up we did even, like at the same time <laughs> right we did he was so well, innocent. you know i mean it's 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 all about finding a goal and, and doing it i mean that's the one thing like you're talking you're talking about earlier is, is is uh, uh, people, everybody has an idea, man. Everybody has an idea and a thing they want to talk about, and then nothing comes of it. And we've seen it too many times. And yeah, I, I'm i not going to tell you guys about something unless I'm going to put myself behind it and do it. And that's how I am. And I surround myself with people like that, and we get stuff done, you know. And, and I've had some awesome opportunities with, you know, I mean, like, like, like I said, Bill, I mean, this has been a phenomenal opportunity. My background, he does an engineer. I sat in a desk in his office and did engineering. And it was great. I loved it. I liked it. It was something I enjoyed, but I didn't think I'd be doing this. Now I'm in marketing, something totally new to me, but um, I have this awesome opportunity to be part of the hobby and, and, and part of this entire world that I've met my whole life has been about without being a zookeeper or, you know, having to deal with animals that can actually impact on a bigger level what's going on out there in the world. And, and, it's, and it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it, I pinch myself every day, man. It's, I love it. See, and that's such an important aspect because I was just having this conversation with a friend about this. It's like, you don't know what life has ahead of you and you can seriously just, you'll never predict where you are from, from point A. You know you mm-hmm. like animals, right? You don't know what you want to do, but you know you want to continue working with animals. You don't have to have the defined route. You don't have to have that, well, I went to veterinary school and did this and that, I learned to do this. And I know, like, if you just keep on with it and you just take every chance you can and follow through with the opportunities, that's another thing. People get, like, opportunities sometimes yeah. and they don't follow through with that. And that's a big no-no because that's where most people stop to follow through. Because when you follow through, either you fail or you succeed. And when you fail, it's just another stepping stone to that success because it does not happen overnight. Right. Well, another big thing, too, for people to have to understand is like, and the, the world's getting, and this is just me, you know, my opinion, the world's getting too complacent. People are too complacent. But like, everybody wants something magical to happen and they wake up one day and they won the lottery and life is beautiful and it doesn't happen that way. You know, the Herb Society is a good example. I decided, you know, Madison should have a herb society. I got the right people together, and we did it. 
You know, nobody came and said, hey, you want, you know, I'm going to hand you all this stuff. It was a, I mean, I put an enormous amount of money and effort into it. And I still, it's still probably a 30 hour a week job for me and some of the other board members on top of our jobs. I mean, it's not, I'd say I've got, I've been in her society stuff all week and I've gotten, I think I went to bed like three, four in the morning and been waking up about seven with the kids and I haven't slept in a week, like barely at all, but I love doing it. And I, and I, and I, I, I love what we're doing and what we're, this impact we're making. So I made it happen. I, we, right. I got the right people together. I, we made this thing happen. Nobody gave it to us. And that's the thing. I get a lot of people all the time who are like, oh, I kind of want to start Herb Society. And I'm like, put your money where your mouth is and do it. You know, put yeah. your time in. Understand that it's not going to be easy. It's going to suck. You're going to put in a lot of money. You're going to spend more of your own money in the first five years. And nobody's going to jump up and just donate to you. You see the stuff with rescues, too, where the people are like, oh, I'm going to rescue. And I'm going to start a rescue. And they'll just, I'll get all these sponsors. And I'm like, that's a really cute idea. But it's not reality. <laughs> If there's right. nobody out there like, God, I really just want to give a million dollars in a really heavy, high-end scientific building to some guy with an iguana. <laughs> you know? So it, it, you I've really got gotta to bring it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, so does everyone's cousin. That's why every little kid can get her photo dragon because it comes an iguana. You know, but <laughs> but you gotta let, you got to want it and you got to put, you know, just show up and do it. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing that, that you see lacking is people just – they think that something's going to just happen. And, you know, I've helped start some herb societies around the country, and I've seen herb societies go, and I've seen, seen them pop up and disappear, the good ones and bad ones. And you can tell who really cares about it and wants to put the time into it and who looks at it like, uh, yeah, I get, like, I, get, I get volunteers now that are that are like, well, I'm not getting paid for this, so it doesn't really matter if I no-show. And I'm like, well, it does because you're hurting the reputation of the organization that you're representing, things like that. And it, you just you have to treat it like it's your life, and you have to put a lot into it, and you have to be ready to do that. I mean, I've been president of the Herb Society. Holy crap! We're going on eight years. Wow. MHS. Yeah, it's 2010. Seven. Yeah, 2000. October 2010. Seven years, eight years. But um, I mean, wow. it's it, it's been nonstop, and you, but you have to you have to do that. And when you do, yeah, people notice. Like I mean, you get. And you get an opportunity to do some amazing things, and, and people notice that, that what you do, and everybody nowadays wants to just jump on Facebook and be the new face of the reptile community or the new guy yeah. that knows everything. And you gotta you put in some work, care about the things that matter, and that stuff follows. You know, I, it's still weird to me that people know who I am, man. It is the weirdest freaking thing. I know. <laughs> like oh I said, yeah. Like, we can't believe people know who you are. <laughs> like, I just, like I said, I was I was walking out by the lake a couple a couple weeks ago with my kids, and we were like catching stink pots, you know, musk turtles, and and like geeking out over bullfrogs and and you know garter snakes. And I'm still that guy, that little kid playing around. It doesn't, you know. And and then people are like, oh, you're that guy from whatever, and I'm like, oh, God, I owe you money. Like, why do you know me? I, I get that a lot. And that's that's the drive. Yeah, it is just it's it's cool, but it's weird. Yeah, so just get used to it. Just sign the babies and go on. Move on with your life. Sign the babies. Sign the babies and the boobies. Like said, and all, all that stuff follows. It just you do your hard work. You put in your time. You you know you you really care about what you're doing and, and show that you care what you're doing and follow through with what you say you want to do and put the time and effort in and the sleepless nights and all the crap and the drama and the stuff and just keep moving in the direction and having a goal and. And, and, and all that stuff comes with it. And, and it's been, like, 
I wouldn't change anything, man. I, I love where I'm at and, and what I what I've been able to do and and I have this is this is just the tip of the iceberg for the goals that I have. I'm I'm still gonna be trying to do new things and change things as an eighty year old man. I mean, it's not not a I get it's not the apex of where I wanna be and I don't think I'll ever hit it because I think there's just too much other cool stuff to do. And if he doesn't change his mind you could take him, he's eighty. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you're gonna like this animal. Oh. Yeah, seriously, beating <laughs> people over the head with a musk turtle. Oh man, that's <laughs> uh, that's really great. Where, where are we gonna see you next, man? Where is like the the Ryan McVeigh World Tour gonna end up, lately? Uh, dude, from now until the middle of November, I am at most of the major reptile shows in the U.S. With Zilla. I'll be at I'll be at Daytona. I'll be at Pomona next, this weekend. I'll be um, and I'm, I'm actually. Are you guys gonna be up in uh, Toronto this year? It's September. Um, no, but we are going to probably be at uh, NARBC October. Grant Cross, then recognize. I, I will always be there. Oh yeah, I'll be up in I'll be up in Toronto. I'll be I'll be at Tinley in October. I'll see you guys there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Grant just texted me. He said to call him about uh, coming up there. <laughs> Come on, man. Get with it. Gotta yeah, says, there. We got to go play. At, we got to go play at Reptilia. Please, he, yes, let. He, he said, "Holla at your boy, eh?" <laughs> that, that sounds like Grant to a T. Right? Exactly. Word for word. Hey, how about your boy? So call him up afterwards. Come up, we're going to get some poutine, eh? Yeah, call him. He said, he said something about poutine. He said poutine to change the land. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So, yeah. <laughs> Give him a call. <laughs> sounds good, man. Are you going to be in Daytona? Yeah, I'll be in Daytona. Yep, I'll be down there. I'm still booth down there. Everybody should come hang out, and I'll have tons of cool, super cool backpacks to give away full of stuff. But uh, also just kind of come see the products and just say, hey, you know, I just love talking to people. Just come out and just tell me about your new leopard gecko you got and why it's cool. I love it. I mean, that's awesome. I don't care, I don't care if you're breeding, like, freaking albino folins pythons or if you just picked up a lizard outside. Either way, I want to hear about it, and it's fun to just. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan is, a, is a great guy just to kind of out of the blue approach. He's always very, very kind, very gentle for a big man. And um, it's not all putting whatsoever. If you can't, you can just go to the hotel desk and ask for his hotel room and knock on his door after hours. He's usually quite amicable and will answer all of your questions. And always no topless. Problem. Always yeah. topless. Usually you have to sit in the always. room with him when topless. But other than that, it's usually quite well done. It's worth it. Believe me, yeah. it's worth it. He's a good dude. <laughs> I definitely try to keep those after hours, you know, clear and open for anybody with questions. <laughs> yeah, I will totally talk to you about ball python captive care. Let me put pants on. Ryan or will. Not. Um, Danny won't. Yeah. I won't. I, I won't. Danny yeah, won't. Yeah, I'm your kid. I'll, I'll go, probably talk to you. Go look up Josh Robert. <laughs> Josh, Josh <laughs> on ball python care. We'll all you need to know about ball pythons and more. <laughs> All right, my man. All right, thank you, brother. I hope I hope our paths cross soon, man. I miss you. I really miss hugging you and holding your buttock. And um, I hope that we get to see you soon. But in the meantime, um, keep it keep it rocking, man. You're doing a great job, and and yes. you make us proud. We're very very proud of you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll see each other soon. And we got to start talking. You guys got to get you guys to Madison. We need you need to come hang out in Madison for a weekend. Yeah, you need we'll start, to come. We'll start planning something out. Yes, please. Andy and I have have just developed in a, a 
talk slash interpretive dance revolving around the history of herpetoculture that I think we could I probably I really didn't want you to tell anyone right now. I didn't want you to tell anyone. I really didn't. you at Madison Area Herpetoculture. Now the pressure's on. It's grab my classes, grab my classes, grab. Ryan, just in case you're unaware, doing <laughs> On Facebook Live. Sorry, yeah, kind of... I was tanned to Miami because yeah, <laughs> that's why you have to have us there because you miss the visuals of it, and I think the the members of the Madison Area Herb Society will miss the visuals of that. So you got to make sure in Canada. I don't, I don't want that. Guys... I, I need to. I need to see how you guys, you know, your your your, your interpretive dance, you know, copulation. I really need to. I need you a visual do. for that between Danny and Miami. The costume is essentially the Joe Exotic. Uh, onesie that he gave us. So I mean, yeah. that, you know, <laughs> harpoon backwards facing hemipene. Yes. Yeah, we got the hemipene hydraulic. You know, you just press a button and wham, they pop out. It's really, it's it's innovative stuff. It's like walking with dinosaurs, but walking with hemipenes, and you really get but the voice. Is it like, is it like snake hemipene, or are you like thumping out the big mushroom like tortoise hemipene? Well, that's the secret. You see, you can cater that to whatever kind of thing you're into so if like you are more of a saurian type then we can give you bifurcated penises right but if if you're more into the, the testudine type of of love making then we we supply with the full mushroom we yeah. we, we import it from taiwan it's pretty impressive it's just like all my conversation i had a conversation recently that i feel like all of my conversations and most of the people hang out with they always end on either penises or poop so I'm glad that this went that direction to really fulfill my destiny to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, McVay, we love you, brother. Hopefully we'll catch you soon, man. Be good. All right. Take care, boys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, buddy. Right, Bye. Bye, McVay, everybody. Bye. Yeah. This is a journey into sound. <laughs> I'm Marty Stauffer, and you're listening to Urban Jungle Radio with Danny and Andy. Those motherfuckers think they know every fucking thing there is to know. Urban Jungle Radio. Urban Jungle Radio. What happened? Uh-oh, your iPad died. Oh. Technical difficulties. Thank you. We're back. That was a good finish. We're back. <laughs> that was an awkward. <laughs> it was. It was fine. Right, I get my levels back up. We got to fix that. I don't know. Ryan was talking go. from yeah. a potato or what? Oh no, he was talking through uh, cheese curds. So I mean, that's what they do well up in Makes Madison, sense. right? Before they harden up for the poutine in the winter time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Madison, uh, Madison, Madison. I called him Madison. Ryan. Ryan okay, what are you doing? I'm playing with the levels, man. This is why we need a goddamn engineer in the house. Anyone want to be an engineer? If you want to be an engineer, you can come over here and apply be within. And that should work. That's good. I'm away from the echo, so it's bad. Okay, you're far away. Okay. Cause I'm far. Yeah, it's still not good. Whatever. Keep away. Let me. I gotta adjust it from the way I get. All right, so now I'm in charge of the show. So Danny's got his Facebook Live going, and I don't know if anyone can hear me because I think my mic dropped out. But I know Instagram is still there. How you doing, Instagram? Facebook Live is all the way over there somewhere. I'm not sure if you guys can hear me. I know you can see me. I'm in this blue hue You're back here. Bad time for this. 
I'm a bad time filler. Well, you're the one who's been messing up the dials, my friend. <laughs> I'm gonna mess up the dials. We just we need to have a uh, an engineer of sorts on hand for these types of moments. But anyway, we'll figure it out. I will figure it out. Um, test one, two. Just bear with me, man. Like you people out there, think it's easy doing this? You think it's easy running a show? No, it's not easy. I'm it. watching him do it on, on a you know for what six years now, and it's it's not easy. And it never works. <laughs> 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 we still have not perfected the fucking thing. Oh, that'll be good enough for now. It's like, oh, that sounds like it's still. Yeah, it's still sound. Yeah. Yeah, leave that one alone. Leave that one I alone. Don't play with this that, one. One, that one's good. This one needs to be. No, you see that one gives me a lot of. Ta-da-da. I need to put this one up more there. Cause I need to hear myself. I need to have the feedback. If I don't have the feedback, I don't feel, hear myself, Andy. It's not the same. You're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. So anyway, so um, yeah, Ryan, good dude, and all that's great. No, he, he, you know, he, he mentioned there that he's been doing it since 2010, and I think we met Ryan. In 2011, when we went to an Airbnb for the uh, first time, first yeah. time, man, and uh, you know, I think I still have the um, Madison area Herpetological Society with uh, the snake hook on the back and the ball python. <gasps> oh, I might still yeah. have that one too. I might still have that one. Yeah, that's good. We, we definitely watched Ryan uh, kind of grow into this and. Um, you know, come to this this header, and he's just a dude who's really into the animals. Like I said, he was like an engineer or some shit like that before. Yeah. And just because he he persisted with it, he knew that he wanted to be involved with working with reptiles. He did it, and kudos to him. And absolutely. Like now, he's like literally changing the way we keep animals. So. Yep. Which is good because we need the positivity because there's a lot of negativity out there. Um, I was going to cover a couple of things, but I want to get right to this one because I think this is an important one. Um, and this is one that I think a lot of people should be way more upset over. Um, What's that? Well, I'm talking about how last week we saw the Humane Society fall into a very strange relationship with the AZA of all places. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, the AZA is the Aquarium and Zoo Association which is basically one of the largest um, kind of regulating organizations for zoos in North America. Um, And internationally, actually, it's an international organization at Mm -hmm. this point. And it's really interesting. So what they do is essentially zoos would become members of the AZA. And then the AZA helps to regulate the breeding of certain species, species that are involved in um, tag and species survival programs. And um, so essentially, they, uh, they kind of tell what zoos where zoos should send their animals or if they should keep animals. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be sent and managed, like where the offspring should go. They basically manage all these captive populations so that they can maintain the best amount of genetic diversity. But then they also set standards like protocols and mm-hmm. the way that you operate and the way that you do conservation programs. They They kind of govern all these weird aspects of it. So... Um, it was a real eye-opener this week when they announced that for their annual conference, which occurs in the fall, that they were going to have Wayne Pacelli from the Humane Society in the okay. United States come speak. And we know that Wayne Pacelli is a, uh, a bad, bad name in the animal world. Um, he is the CEO, and um, I, I forgot what other title he held for a while. At, uh, douchebag? Yeah, Douchebag Galore at um, HSUS, and essentially he um, 
is speaking at the American Zoological Association conference, and there's also another board member of HSUS speaking as well. I forgot his name off the top of my head. Um, and this is all commencement opening day, right? So this is like a huge eye opener for um, for the animal world because these are strange bedfellows. Mm-hmm. Um, the HSUS have been very, very vocal about the fact that they do not want animals in captivity in any way, shape, or form. Nope. Right? The HS- they say that abundantly clear. Yeah, HSUS would like to actually see even dogs and cats yes. not being kept as pets. Fish, which is, birds, everything. Which is absurd. So why would this organization be involved at all with any kind of regulation or any kind of input, period, mm-hmm. for a zoo organization which they've gone against. And and this is weird because this comes amidst um, a series of wars, I think, that have been fought from animal rights groups in the last couple of years where they're quickly gaining ground. And I don't necessarily agree with or disagree with some of the stuff, but for instance, we've seen um, the biggest and most obvious blow was through Blackwater. Mm-hmm. We saw how Blackwater affected SeaWorld and the captivity of orcas, which brought them into question. Um, personal beliefs aside, this was very damaging to the industry and has caused orcas to really kind of be phased out of being kept in aquariums. Then we have the next phase, which was the closing of zoos. I mean, sorry, the closing of, of uh, circuses. Blackfish, not blackwater. Blackwater, sorry. Blackfish. So blackwater is like those people who make money off the government or whatever. Yeah. Um, we have, we have um, you know, the, the downfall of one of the biggest performing circuses in the U.S., Ringling Brothers, mm-hmm. which was a direct result of some of the AR groups. And then now we're seeing this curious alignment um, with the AZA, and we got to wonder if this is going to be the next prong in that attack. Is this going to be what um, they are lining up for next? And I have to say it's it's quite plausible at this point. Um I think that we can't take for granted what these guys are targeting for. And I know that some uh, some people are saying that, and this is quite possible too, this is probably most possible, um, that by aligning themselves with um, HSUS, the AZA um, kind of defeats one of its many critics and foes and, and by working with it, it neutralizes, I should say, one of its critics and foes by working with them. And, um, you know, that's possible. That's plausible, but it's not a good idea by any means. And I think ultimately what's going to suffer here are the animals and mm-hmm. the conservation programs, Yep. which you know, HSUS has no input into conservation at all. Um, they don't even have any input into your local adoption centers and shelters, and yet they're mm-hmm. the, one of the ones who are screaming the most. I mean, you, you know, you've been up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and you watch a comfy ranker infomercial, and the next thing that pops up, you hear Sarah McLaughlin's voice, and oop, ASPCA and HSUS bullshit. It's it's crazy. They're, they're highly effective. And, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, we've left them in at this point, you know, they've been infiltrating, they've been infiltrating. So, so here's, here's a couple other little tidbits of information, which I think are really interesting. So let's back up a little bit. Um, you got to wonder how this has been happening, that these people are infiltrating, these AR groups are infiltrating like some serious organizations. And I think something that's really curious is there's a gentleman by the name of Dan Ash. Now, Dan Ash is a really pivotal figure. Dan Ash, if you guys don't know, is 
Um, he used to be head of Fish and Wildlife Service down in Florida, mm-hmm. and he is the primary proponent for putting Burmese pythons, or the, the giant boas in general, is big giant seven. He was the primary guy behind supporting the pseudoscience that said that these animals could spread northwards, so that they should be put on this injurious species list. And because of him, they were put on the injurious species right. list, which made, right, which made part of the Lacey Act violation mm-hmm. if you were to cross states with these animals. So this is the guy behind that. Right. He, under pressure, left Fish and Wildlife Service. And where do you think he ended up, Andy? Uh, HSUS? He is now, um, he's one of the leaders. I think he's not the president of, of the AZA. What? Yeah, he is now on the board, the electoral board of the AZA. What a little of shite. He is butt buddies. With <laughs> you don't know that Sally. Sure. No, he really is, and I'm going to say why. Oh, I don't okay. mean that in a, in, a, in a homosexual way or anything. I mean, he is really up Wayne Pacelli's butt because in the time that he left Fish and Wildlife Service and joined onto the AZA, he, there are several, I think along the lines of eight to ten tweets directly thanking Wayne Pacelli or the Humane Society for their support of him and his efforts. And this like ass licking kept building up and building up and now he finds himself in the position where he's in the AVA and then all of a sudden we have this infiltration by people in AR groups. And it's mm-hmm. crazy and this is what it's come down to. And it's blindsiding people, man. People don't see this. It's scary. So scary people don't see this. Do you think they don't see it because they don't want to see it or because it doesn't fall into their scope of things that they care about? Partially, because it's not that they don't see it. Maybe some people don't see what's coming, but the the other thing that I think, too, is unfortunately, and here's here's why I changed careers in my life, is that zookeepers Mm -hmm. have little say in anything, especially when it comes to financial or political errors um, for for the zoological parks for zoos. So, um, yeah, they have no say in it. And that's really sad because zookeepers are the, the main building block of any zoo. Not only are they the ones that take care of the actual animals themselves, but they are the people that are the public face. They are, um, the input and, and all of this for, for the directors and for, you know, staff or whatever. And so it's really sad that the keepers are this powerless, but it's my hope that we can change this, Andy. We have to change this because there's always hope. It's my hope that we can convince the keepers to really stand up. They're the ones that have to, they have to, you guys have to, at this point, um, Keepers really have to stand up. This is your final stand. And I know what it's like to work in a zoo, and I know how powerless you feel, but if enough of you voice your opinion during this event, during this, this um, the AZA conference in the fall, they have to listen, right? They have to listen. Put them on the spot. You know, take advantage of the fact that you guys will be there in numbers and use your numbers to your advantage. Say something. Speak out about why this makes you uncomfortable and why it's just a general bad idea in the most general of senses. And question these people, man. Question those HSUS people. Question those board members from AR groups that are present and that are attending what their motives are to the fullest extent. Ask them 
reason why they are against keeping animals but yet now want to be involved with organizations whose very job it is to keep animals and to organize how these animals should be kept. You need to question this because no one else will. If you love your charges, your animals, what do you think you are putting all of your effort into? What do you think you are doing growing these animals up in zoos and, and you know, getting them prepared for conservation programs, for SSP programs where they're going to be shipped off to other zoos? Like, what is the ultimate goal here? If the animals can't be released back into the environment, which is a, a sad reality for a lot of species today in zoos, mm-hmm. and there's no reality for them to be released in the environment, why are we going to invite a group that is now and can and will adversely affect the keeping of these animals in captivity and the way we keep them and the standards where we keep them? Yep. Because the other thing you don't realize is that the AZA is a big boys club. The AZA is a club for people who, for zoos that have resources and funding, right? They are, are, are a very, it's a very expensive and politically motivated effort to join the AZA. So it's a realistic possibility that a lot of zoos won't be able to join the AZA. So what happens to those guys? Um, if a zoo is, is not able to join to meet the standards of the AZA, are they any less capable of keeping certain other animals? No. Um, you know, they might not be able to keep up to certain standards that are put forth, but a lot of times those standards might be overcome. I'm talking about things not directly affecting animals, mostly like policy and things like that. Um, so it's crazy. It's, it's setting us up for a big fall. It's official. Like after this fall, if they go uncontested during this meeting, you can basically bet that we are going to be looking at a full-on infiltration of animal rights groups into the American Zoological and Aquarium Association. And I encourage you guys listening. I, know I see people chatting on the, on the uh, Facebook Live thing. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not reading it because it's moving so fast, but I encourage you guys to call in if anybody wants to talk about this up front. But this is a really scary thing, and this is something that's going to affect us in a lot of different ways because, as we know, zoos set standards, mm-hmm. and that's just a stone's throw from what they're going to expect of people who are going to be keeping animals in captivity. You know, where is it going to go? And maybe not yep. so much for the reptile people, but for people who keep birds of prey, for people who keep mammals, small mammals, like these standards might reach a, a, a point where it's just unrealistic that, or, or not even in the animal's best interests to begin with. So what, what do we do at that point? I don't know. I don't know if there is a, a, the answer right now, but I know that, you know, we've talked numerous times about how detrimental HSUS just as a whole, as an organization is mm-hmm. to person to the individual person that wants to keep an animal. Um, you know, you said it before that, you know, their goal and they've said it themselves, that's essentially their mission statement, right? To eliminate yep. people having the ability to own or keep animals yep. of any variety, snakes, dogs, cats, birds, fish, um, turtles, anything and everything that is not human. They're essentially looking to, get rid of out of uh, private people's hands. And I, I think, you know, you, you said it best that this is kind of a, a stepping stone for them to get their end goal in place. It is. And they've been like scary effective. Oh yeah, they have been, it, absolutely. You know? That's the worst part is that they're definitely there already. And what do we do, man? What do we do, Andy? <laughs> we, as you 
and I, the public, we, there's not a whole lot we can do besides, you know, try to support the AZA on the positive side. Um, but really, it, it's up to the keepers and the people that are part of AZA, not just the directors and the managers that run the zoos themselves, but, you know, the keepers, the custodial staff, the, the, the educators, the exhibitors, all, all those people, you know, they will in time. Um, if, you know, we think it's going to go the way we think it, it's going to go, yeah. um, they will be out of a job. There, there's no, there's no, you know, if, ands, or buts about it. They're going to be out of a job. I mean, you know, Ringing Brothers has been around for over 100 years. And just this year, it got shut down. It wiped out. I mean, how many years have orcas and cetaceans been in captivity and SeaWorld and the like? And, you know, they're now... And the scary thing is, is that this is, and and I look, I'm gonna even go on record just to say this right now. I'm not in agreement with keeping. This is my personal opinion. I, don't know, I guess the opinion of VJR is I'm not in agreement with keeping um, c- uh, cetaceans as a whole in captivity, um, orcas and dolphins, and I don't agree with keeping elephants in captivity or chimpanzees or chimps, any like primates, really. primates, right? But I have to say, it's kind of scary that they are able to attack this level of public showmanship. This is where you gain the largest percentage of the general public's attention with these animals, right? With, with elephants, tigers, um, you know, bears, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, And so like now this is gone and the public, will they give a shit? Eh. I don't know. Um, I want to say they will when they start to see the quality of the zoos go down. I mean, you and I are, are, are lucky as are, you know, a good number of people out there that have quality zoos essentially in their backyard. I mean, you know, we're 30 minutes outside of the Bronx zoo, which is easily one of the biggest and most amazing zoos in the country. Um, You know, we have people, that we're friends with that are a stone's throw away from San Diego zoo. And both of these zoos on either coast are respected as top zoos in the country. You know, they're doing so many great things for conservation, so many things for animals, and they're leading the way with husbandry and exhibits and interaction and stuff like that. And, you know, HSUS comes in and what's going to happen with those things. They're going to be wiped out in time. It's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. This is the future, man. <laughs> the future is bleak. It's bleak. It's quite bleak. It is so bleak. And, and Emma's right. People don't care about the industries that they have no contact with. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It sucks that way. But when, when you know, your, your, your kid wants to go to the zoo and you say, oh, we can't go to the zoo anymore because they have nothing to show or, mommy, I want to see the giraffes today. We can't see the giraffes because they were taken off exhibit because, according to the people in charge, we're no longer, you know, able to care for them properly. You know, think think about how many animals, I'm sorry, think about how many animals have gone extinct in the wild, are only able to survive in private collections and in zoos. A lot. You're right. It's not a small number. It's a decent number. Increasingly so. Uh, Unfortunately. Unfortunately, and, you know, uh, 
zoos are really the only places some kids are ever going to see these animals. And the problem is, is that right now we still have to smash these animals into the faces of these kids to mm-hmm. get them to pay attention to yep. them, right? Because there's that whole like proverb, the whole thing, like people will never protect or you know what they love unless they love something or people only feel what they don't understand to that effect. Right, right. right? So, like, that's what's happening, right? These kids are going to have zero interaction with animals because what, fucking how many people ran out to get, like, Pokemon, you know, apps downloaded yeah, Pokemon versus, Go, yeah. versus how many people went to visit a zoo in the last, in that month, you know, yep. period. Right? So it's like, it's harder and harder to get people to go out to interact with these animals. And if they don't recognize these animals, if they don't, if they don't make a connection with these animals, we're screwed because they are not going to care. You know, that's why no one cared about the thylacine. You know, who knew about it? Nobody knew about it. And oh, you mean that, that awesome uh, skull that we have as our new logo? I mean, Absolutely. come on, dude. And, and, and so, like, you know, we see that even still with the pangolin. Yep. You know, people, how many people have seen a live pangolin? But I'll bet you anybody who has is worried about their extinction. Yep. You know, anybody who's touched a pangolin or played with one absolutely knows their plight. And the vast majority, the 99.9% mm-hmm. of people out there that will never touch a pangolin will never understand, will never make that connection. And that's why the animal is being extinct at an exponential rate. Mm-hmm. So this is going to happen increasingly so as these AR groups grab a foothold of our zoos. They already started within the zoos with a no contact um policy in a lot of zoos. That was a big AR movement many, many years ago where they essentially moved people away from having contact with the larger animal, like the elephants and the rhinos and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that actually, I remember animals, individual animals, I knew one of the elephants at the Bronx Zoo that suffered from that. you know, and that was a big move to them, and that's the move. Is eventually, that's what we're going to see with the public is a non-contact kind of display or a non-contact kind of, of um, experience for people. And as a wildlife educator, I can tell you that doesn't sell. No, like, that doesn't sell. And people it, need to not, have the animals in front of them. It's not easy to be bought. No, no, it's not. And, and we're sad. That's why the government right now is getting away with things like, you know, massive cuts on our parks and our, our, mm-hmm. our space, our wild places in the world. Yep. There are going to be less wild places in the world and no one protects it, man. No, no one. If you protect it, you're some kind of crazy you know, like outdoor save the trees, you're a hippie. Hugger, hippie type yeah. thing, you know, yeah, yeah. snowflake or whatever the common term is these days. Like, it's just, it's sad that that's where we are right now and that's the reality of it, but it is what it is and we just have to hope that going forward some people wake up or something happens soon because the changes are coming. Yeah, well, I think we're going to need to definitely stay on top of this topic as as much as humanly possible and really examine it and like force it down everyone's throats somehow. Mm-hmm. I hate, I hate mm-hmm. to even go go in that direction. You have to. You're right. We have to. It has to be done that way. Otherwise, you know, people are going to fall into oh that that happened. Oh well, I guess nothing can be done about it now. It's the final battle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the final countdown. And um, it's a reality that's setting in fast, and hopefully we can do something to turn it around. I don't know, but once again, like I said, it's really up to, I think, the keepers out there to make a stand this fall. So Urban Jungles Radio, we invite you, the zookeepers of the world, please 
make your voice heard. You know inherently, most of you do from what I've seen from the banter um, in various groups and talking to several Maykeeper friends, most of you inherently know what is wrong with this process and why the Humane Society should not be getting involved with the world's or the, the U.S. zoos and aquariums. So um, do please, please take this opportunity. If you are attending this conference, please meet amongst yourselves, discuss it amongst yourselves, and organize, 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 and confront. Con- please confront these animal rights organizations and find out what their real agenda is. That is in the very least. If you don't battle them, that's fine, but at least confront them about what their agenda is in light of the things that they have said and expressed in the past. It's important that we air this out so we know where it is that they are heading, and I am going to leave that on you. Is, I think in Georgia, I believe, hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken. But I would say it's worth for us to either go or if you, one of our keeper friends, want to volunteer as an official Urban Jungles radio contact and want to respond. Yeah, I didn't want to put correspondent on their plate, but if they want to be a correspondent. No, they, they, they would have to be a correspondent. I, mean, I, I was thinking of a secret anonymous contact, but... Um, either way, get in there and let us know what's going on. We would love to join you there via live footage and um, feeds and things of that nature, as well as setting you up with some cameras to film what happened there, because we want to take an active role in this. At yeah. this point, I hate to say it, and I hate to go this far, but if um, if the AZA continues with it, current approach of um, working together with the Humane Society of the United States. I'm afraid that Urban Jungles Radio is going to have to pull its support for for the AZA because we really do not want to fuel um, anyone associated with the Humane Society of the United States. So hopefully that is something that will change um, quickly or prove itself to be unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want our listeners to know um, what our standpoint is on this right That's now. That's going to suck. <clears throat> it is. I don't want to take away from any conservation organization no. because of the level of importance of what they do. Fuck. But at the same time, come on, man. No, you're, no, you're right. These people are in. Like, you're right, just, man. We cannot support them. We cannot. And see, and that's what makes the HSUS. One final word about HSUS. If you don't know, you're willing to educate yourself on, on the, the evils um, that befall the HSUS, but just remember their whole agenda besides wanting to shut down pet ownership or, you know, the keeping of pets in any way, shape or form, their agenda is to get money so that they can continue to lobby um, yep. against these laws that allow us to have freedoms of keeping animals. But most importantly, they dupe all of their donors. Mm-hmm. Many, many people think that they are donating to their local humane society, which is a lot different than the humane society of yep. the United States. Please know the difference. The Humane Society of the United States is a lobbying organization, whereas the, your local Humane Society is your local shelter that does its best to get stray animals off the streets and to get them the support and necessary for them to be homed. Now, the Humane Society of the United States donates less than 100, 1%. Sorry, it yeah. donates less than 1% of its total annual budget 
to these smaller organizations to support them in any way possible. Mm-hmm. And what their approach generally is, is they take in animals for adoption and euthanize them because they deem the animals either um, unworthy as pets or because of expenses or things involved with keeping them alive. It's overcrowding. Really overcrowding. Yeah. Right. It's really shoddy organization. Um, actually, they've been downgraded recently as far as being fundraising organizations and are actually under investigation for yep. some recall violations as well. So there's a whole lot going on with the Humane Society of the United States. If you are not familiar with HSUS, please do so and educate yourself and know why they should not be anywhere near our AZA or zoos, parks, programs, anything. Even our pets. I wouldn't trust Wayne Facility with the cardboard cutout version of me. I wouldn't trust anyone with the cardboard cutout of you. Emma. Emma can all right well that was my rant on that and i think we're gonna leave it there i feel good about it i don't have any like exit music unfortunately um oh please don't watch this watch a fail okay hold on okay so uh it's been another amazing show here we talk about the radio. Wait. <laughs> I hit you. I think so. <laughs> My show's over. I got nothing else to see. We need Andy Dwyer here. That's what I'm saying. Who? Andy Dwyer. And, me and Andy Dwyer. Go. Yeah. No, it's not me. Come on, you did. Nope. Sing, sing your song. I sing no song. <laughs> That's it. We're done. That's it. We're done. I should do <laughs> So if anyone wants to join Fiverr, Danny will be putting that song up momentarily. I can customize the song for you. <laughs> for, for conservation. <laughs> you can uh, make your song request for conservation. And we'll... we'll We'll work on something really special for you. No, yeah, we'll, we'll do that if you want. Just, you know, let us know. Hit me up. Now you got some type of flamenco thing going on, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a build-up! <laughs> so okay, do it that way. I lost my spot with that. Wait, wait, the shade, the shade's gonna work. Okay, here we go. Wait. Pangolins will be at the Madison Area Herb Society meeting for the month of November, where we will be giving live renditions of um, musical requests, as well as interpretive dancing and all kinds of informative shit. So do hit up Ryan McVeigh right now. If you are on Facebook, I want you to go to the Madison Area Herb Society Facebook page and let them know that you want the Danny and Andy tour to come on their way. I'm going to put soy bomb on my chest. Just letting you know. <gasps> yeah. That's going to happen. Let's go and see that. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you everybody for joining us today. Thank Ryan for joining us. And thank you, our Jungle Junkies from across the land, for hanging out with us for the new rebirth of Urban Jungles Radio. We will be seeing you next week 
put some really exciting stuff. I've got a really cool guy, Tom Mendelson, coming up. And Andy, you're going to miss this one, I think. Yeah, probably um, Unfortunately, but this is really cool. Tom Mendelson is a Canadian expat that lives in Indonesia oh, okay. for like the last like, 25, 30 years. And uh, he's been like importing and breeding animals out there. We both, we both come in on Skype. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Come on, hang out with us. Right. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good and interesting. And I, I want to really get an understanding of what happens out there in Indo. And, yeah, uh, definitely. definitely. You know, as far as wildlife. Um, conservation and taking some of the stresses off of the pet trade. I think that's really going to be an important conversation to have yes. with these guys. So anyway, I love you guys. Be good. And um, that's it. We're good. Andy, anything to say? Latest. <laughs> it's going to be awkward because I got to like go over here to shut everything off. No. Excuse me. Coming through. Oh, coming up. <laughs> we end the show and episode. There we go. It's been so long, Andy. I know. Gotta do it. Love you guys. Be good.